It's interesting because on New Year's Day, I, I was thinking about this. It's like it's like a, a whole new people group entering into our our uh, our body here. It's like people full of hope and anticipation. You know what I'm saying? It's like 2023. It's like a fresh start. Here we go. And, and most of us, including myself, have this list of goals. Like you've been thinking about what's your New Year's resolution. And most churches are going to have some sort of sermon that's like your best life or how to have the best 2023. That's not happening here. All right. We're going to talk. We're going to go deep today. All right. But what happens is we all say, what is this new me going to look like? And, and you've been thinking, okay, everything that's wrong in my life in 2023, here's the 10 things I got to do and my life's going to look beautiful. Do you ever feel that? Or it's like new hope and anticipation. And we've got this list. And oftentimes the list is from zero to 100, right? Like I don't really eat vegetables. Everyone knows that about me. If you see me, I come from Indiana. It's noodles upon noodles. Sometimes there's potatoes. My mom used to call potatoes vegetables. I promise you that. And and so you go from zero to 100 and all of a sudden it's like, I'm going to drink. I literally was like, I'm going to drink that. I'm going to pay that like $80 a month and get that green smoothie every morning. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know that feeling. Or like I worked out probably a total of 15 times this last year. And I literally wrote down, I'm going to work out six of the seven days this week, this month, each week. You know what I'm saying? You get this thing. But here's the problem. I'm not bashing goals. But every year I come up with a list of goals and it's all good stuff. But one of two things is going to happen if we hit our, our, our New Year's resolution. One of two things is going to happen, all right? One, we're going to hit the resolution, right? Everyone here, my, my prayer is you got some resolutions. You guys are going to nail it. And I promise you, if we do, by 2024, we will be the best looking, most in shape, best humans to ever be a church. And this thing's going to grow like crazy because they're going to be like, man, all these people are in shape. They're completely like on point on all their dress and everything, right? Or we're going to fail miserably, myself included. And January 1st, we walk in with our heads up our chest out wide, and we're like, we're going to kill this year. And by January 8th, most of us are going to come in walking defeated. And that, self, that self-talk starts to creep in, right? Here I am again. I tried to change. I tried to do better. I want to do better. But I find myself in this pattern of going back to what? Going back to my old ways. That's the challenge that we all face, going back to our old ways. And I find myself going through the same pattern. Now, one of the other challenges of New Year's resolutions is this. Oftentimes, they're not around the most important thing of our identity. What what is that? As a believer, as a Christ follower, our life goal is this. We set our hearts and our minds to this, becoming more Christ-like. Becoming more Christ-like. If we failed at every goal in 2023, but we become more Christ-like, we've succeeded at everything. It doesn't matter how good y'all look. It doesn't matter how good y'all feel. But if you get more Christ-like, if people come in, like I love how Brendan always says this, if people come in and they meet Jesus and they don't meet John and they don't meet Bertha and they don't meet Peter, they meet Jesus, we've succeeded. And the view is not personal development. It's getting into the word and saying, what does the Lord say about us to experience freedom in Christ? And as we think about this new you, my deepest call or our deepest call might be missing in the goals and the things that we set our heart for. Our challenge in 2022 is that we're just saying, I'm going to will myself to be different. 
I need to be more Christ-like. I, we just talked about getting into the Bible. I was like, I'm going to download this app. I'm going to read these blogs. I'm going to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and be devoted to this and that. And, and we'll miss really what Jesus is calling to because Jesus is calling us to such a deep calling as a body and as individuals. So today, we're going to step back and we're going to explore this thing over the next couple months called the way of Jesus. How did Jesus live? What were the things that were important to Jesus? What were the practices? What were the, uh, the, the, um, the, the way that he walked on the earth? And what does this look like for each of us? Because again, 2024 comes around. My goal as a church, my goal as the pastor, my goal for myself is for us to look more Christ-like, not better humans. Okay? If we become more Christ-like, we'll be better humans. Let's be honest, but let's keep going, all right? Mark 1, a couple things to point out that are going to guide us as we look at the way of Jesus. Mark 1, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. This is how he starts. Mark begins this book with a clear message about what everything following this is going to be about. The opening verse lays out the title of this book. We call it the Gospel of Mark. Mark does not call it the gospel of Mark. Mark calls it this. It's the good news about Jesus Christ. And news is so significant here because news means that something significant has taken place. Mark is writing this because he's saying Jesus is so significant that all of humanity from this point forward is going to be changed. What we are experiencing in 2023 is because of this moment where Mark says, this Jesus changes everything. And we see this. It's a fresh start for all of humanity. So if we want to say 2023, we got a fresh start, we got to start on the good news of Jesus Christ because there's something significant that impacted the, sto the human story. And the gospel is the proclamation of God's power through Jesus Christ to save all who believe. That's the baseline. That's the baseline of Mark, and he's going to go on. Mark 1, 2 through 6, as is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, and you will, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of of sins, the whole Judean countryside, and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a, level, a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. We'll talk a little bit about that. John the Baptist is one of the most fascinating characters to study in the Bible. Uh, people like go to seminary and they get their PhDs just on John the Baptist because there's so much going on. And, and we'll, we'll read a couple places in Mark as it goes. But as you remember, the, the story of John the Baptist is he's Jesus's cousin and he's part of the birth narrative. And actually there's prophecy. And what's happening in here is that the, Mark is pointing back to a prophecy that's coming from the Old Testament. And there's prophecies about him in Isaiah and Malachi and other places. But we see this, he's this reference as this man out in the wilderness to, to do what to prepare the way for the Lord and John's whole life is simply this his call for his whole life is to present the very truths of God and to act as an advocate for Jesus's ministry and, and we see he's a bit of a wild man 
uh, who, if there's ever, if there's people that like, like I can name some people, but if you are a wild man in this congregation, like John the Baptist is who you need to study. He, he's eating locusts and he's eating honey. This dude must have had like a six pack, like you wouldn't believe, maybe even an eight pack. Like this could be the New Year's diet of like, hey, as a church, we're going to eat locusts and honey and you will look so good by 2024. Just trust me. As a disclaimer, I don't recommend that just because we're putting it on YouTube and I could see somebody. But he wears camel hair. And there's two things that are important to the narrative of John the Baptist. And it will, it will parallel Jesus' life as well. Number one, he finds himself in the wilderness. The Greek word used here for wilderness, it, it means he's in an uncultivated or an unpopulated place. There are not people around him, okay? He's out in the middle of nowhere. He's removed from the noise and he's removed from the busyness of the world. It's important for us to understand that about John the Baptist. In scripture, the wilderness is so important to God. The wilderness is mentioned multiple times by God. Just a couple examples. It's clear that God's pulling our minds to this when we see that John the Baptist is from the wilderness. There's 40 years of wilderness where the Hebrew People are wandering, right, because of their disobedience. They find themselves out in the wilderness, not able to enter into the promised land. They, they have a delay there. We, we see this, that so they find themselves wandering, and God's calling them back. And Moses spent 40 days, right, on the mountain, and, and God gives the Ten Commandments there, and God meets them there. And then Elijah, in his 40-day day trip to, uh, to, in the wilderness, and all these stories of wilderness play a significant role in the Bible. And I think it's important for us to study. This line serves as a way of God saying, prepare the people for the promised land. John the Baptist is significantly in the wilderness because he's saying, you're going to prepare the people for the promised land. He's preparing the people who can find salvation. This is revolutionary for the time. They're going to find salvation. And here's the challenge. We as believers in 2022, we can do everything in our power to stay out of the wilderness, right? Like we fill our lives with so much busyness. We literally and figuratively don't get out to the wilderness. If you hunt, you guys get into the wilderness. If you hike, you get in the wilderness. But it's significant because so many of us went through 2022, never pulling back, never going out to the wilderness, never thinking about our lives, never going to an uncultivated, unpopulated land to just be with God. Our lives, when we look at this video, our lives look so much more, I'm going to throw this video, like the bottom, let's see if it plays, like the bottom, it's not going to play, that's all right, it was going to be super significant to, the, to you guys, but the bottom line, I knew this. The bottom is what our hearts and our minds look like. And sometimes God's calling you to the top, the Judean wilderness. And so often we fill our lives and our minds and we say, I don't hear from God. I don't, I'm not getting anything from God. I'm not, I'm not really, he's not meeting me. And our lives look like that bottom. And God's like, I am speaking, but you're not out in the wilderness. In the wild, in the silence, where things are unpredictable, where we have to depend on the Lord, and where we have room and opportunity to hear from the Lord, where the Lord pulls us, pulls us to rebuild or reconnect or give redirection to us in our lives. 
and we do everything in our power to avoid it. There's seasons where life doesn't make sense. It's, it's hard. I, I, some of you, uh, I'm just looking around the room, and I know most of you are all stories, and some of you are in wilderness right now. Some of you are in wilderness right now. And one of the challenges is, and this is the, 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 the opportunity in 2023 where we get our, our list out. Our list oftentimes is I'm going to will myself out of the wilderness. Anything that's not what I want, not, not what I feel like I desire, we say we'll do anything to get out of the wilderness because this anxiety and this worry or this pain or this suffering or this whatever is just too unbearable. And the Lord's saying, no, I want to meet you in your wilderness because I want to reshape you and I want to rebuild you and I want to do a new thing. This is a place where God develops you. And what we see is that we remove ourselves from the noise to meet the Lord. We fill up our plates with more and we don't actually hear from him. And we think, hey, if I just do the works, if I just do these things, I will solve everything in my life. And God is saying there is significance to the wilderness. I, I put people in the wilderness for a reason. Point number two, we see this. He preaches repentance. He, he preaches a complete change of the mind. He, he's going to say, it is all about a complete change of the mind. There is a new direction that your will needs to take. This is what repentance is. The word in the Greek probably uh, was equivalent to this Hebrew word shub, which means literally to turn around. To turn around, you're going this direction and you got to turn around and he preaches and he baptizes people on this. And it's really interesting because baptism is different for us. But in the Hebrew sense here, this was a ritual. This would You would have done this a couple times a year, if not many times a year, where it's this, it's this idea of this cleansing yourself. And so baptism was actually part of the narrative. And what he's saying and what's different, that's revolutionary, is that he's stressing this transformation. He's not saying it's about cleansing. It's about transformation. And he's turning, he's saying, you need to turn around from your sin. This marked turning point in your life that has to take place. He's doing this because his life calling is this, to prepare the way of Jesus, to prepare the way of Jesus, to make straight the path. And we see this, I believe it's true today. Even in our culture, when it's saying that this is not true, we see this. John is preaching, and he's sharing a hard truth. And he's saying repentance. Repentance is not the most fun thing to talk about. Have you ever felt that? It's not the most fun thing in our own lives. To turn our will away from the things that are of culture, of sin. But God is preaching, or that John is preaching this. And what do we see? It was actually met with spiritual hunger. It says this. It says crowds, even those from Jerusalem, the religious center of Israel, where spiritual needs should be being met, right? You're in Jerusalem. This is the center of religion. And it's like this is where it should be met. And people are flocking to the wilderness because they need transformation, we need cleansing, but we need transformation. And John's saying, this is about what's about to take place. He flocked to this man in camel hair, eating locusts in the wilderness, away from Jerusalem. Think about the significance of that. I say this a lot. Only God. Oh, did my thing blow up? Sorry, internet. We are high tech. I always say that. 
deep down, repentance is a part of your wholeness. Repentance is wholeness. And we see that John points to Jesus in this more excellent ministry. John's baptism was like, hey, this is the forgiveness of the sin, but I'm telling you, I'm pointing you to Jesus. This is what forgiveness is, Mark 2, 7. And this was his message. After me comes the one who's more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John's role is preparatory, right? And his words are significance about Jesus. John knows his position. We need to know our position as well. He says he's not even worthy. He's not worthy. This is significant in, in, in the time. He's not worthy to take off his sandals and carry his sandals. What he's saying is, I'm not even worthy to be a slave of the king most high. This was the job of a slave, was to take the sandals off and to carry them. And he says, look, I, there's about to be somebody who's so important, who's so important to humanity, who's so important to the rest of the way the world's going to work, the king of kings, the lord of lords, and I can't even take off his sandals and carry them. These people are flocking from Jerusalem to the wilderness to John, who's all things like, this is a big deal. And he's saying, whoa, 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 you think I'm a big deal. I can't even take this dude's sandals off and carry them. Mark 2, 9 through 12. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended him. The baptism of Jesus is this beginning point of his ministry. And if you're doing Bible in one year, and I highly recommend you doing it, like Matthew and Luke will have a longer baptism story. It will also have a longer temptation story. Mark kind of just gives the nuts and bolts of it. So I'm going to talk about it, but we're going to go a little bit further on this message. But the baptism of Jesus marks this public ministry, and it's this, this signal of this, this public ministry, but also it's this symbol of relatability to us. He's without sin, right? Jesus is without sin. But, but he's showing us and he's modeling us what this is supposed to look like. And we see Jesus sees the heavens open and he hears this voice. And, and it's, we see this, that there's this tearing apart. There's this vision of literally the splitting of the heavens. And God is coming down and God is saying, I'm breaking into the human experience through Jesus. We see this multiple times in Jesus's life, right? From the beginning to the end, right? We see it at the birth of him, multiple times, the heavens open up, the shepherds and the angels come and the, angel, and the shepherds can't even look. We see at his baptism, the heaven tears apart and God enters in and the Holy Spirit comes on him. And we also see this right at the end of his death when the temple gets torn apart and heaven invades earth. And in this moment, it's a symbol of God coming down and God breaking into the human experience to what? To deliver his people. And we see the symbol of peace and purity and divine creativity and the spirit of God. And he, this Holy Spirit comes like a dove 
on Jesus. And what do we see happen next? It is the Spirit who sends him out. The Spirit sends him out. Now, the word sent here is a strong verb. So it's like literally the Spirit is driving him. The Spirit is forcing him. The Spirit is casting him out into where? The wilderness. Jesus too, just like John the Baptist, Jesus finds himself in the wilderness. There's power in the wilderness. There's a reason. There is significance in the wilderness. We find for Jesus, his wilderness was him being taken there to be tempted by Satan. And and tempted is this idea of being put to the test or making trial of. It's a term where you where you would use it to say, hey, I need to discover the kind of person this person is. And the Spirit's driving them into the wilderness. And God's testing happens. And it can be used in a good sense. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, a good sense. No temptation was overtaken, has overtaken you except what is common for, to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Or there's this bad sense, right? This enticement of, of sin by Satan and his cohorts. Here we see for Jesus, both things are happening, right? There's this, there's this molding of him, but there's also this, like this, the, Satan is there and Satan is active and Satan is giving him temptations. And here we see God put Jesus to the test and we see the spirit led him into it. But also Satan tried to draw Jesus away from his mission. Both of us, or all of us, have these same things that are happening to us. It's clear that both in Matthew and Luke accounts, that the wilderness moment for Jesus is so critical to the greater story because it shows us his true humanity. He, it shows us when we're in the wilderness how we're to act. He shows us that he has overcome all sin. Not that he was free of sin, but he was actually, actually tempted by sin. And he understands huma- humanity. The book of Hebrews tells us this in 2.18. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I want to be, tell the truth. We have all our New Year's resolutions. 2023, Satan and his forces are constant and intense in opposition against God and his purposes. And that's one of the challenges is us trying to will ourselves with just these resolutions. We aren't preparing ourselves for the battle that we're going to face. And that's one of the things is it's like, okay, here are the things I'm going to do out of my own works. And, and it's saying here in the Bible, that's not how it's supposed to work. Because God is showing us an importance of wilderness. But he also is showing us that his own son went through it. And in the wilderness, Jesus is showing us that during seasons of hardships, that God's watching over us. Mark 1, 13, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. And the wilderness is where we often meet God, and we see him work in our lives. Uh, I've been in a season over the last couple of years of wilderness a little bit. We as a church have been a little bit in a season of wilderness. And we have seen God work, and God's taking care of us all along the way. And at the same time, on the other side, there's this chatter that's in my head. Kurt, were we supposed to do this? 
Kurt, were you, are you doing the right things? Kurt, do you have, are you setting the right things in motion? Kurt, will you have enough money for this? Kurt, will this problem that's with the building ever get resolved? And God's saying, I'm shaping you, Kurt. I'm shaping you, church. And we see this, that in contrast with the, the dangerous wild animals, God's protection and care is there. Yes, Jesus went through temptation. Yes, he went through a, a, a season of temptation in this intensity. But through angels, God supplied what was needed. But most importantly, God provided assurance through God's presence. And we always have God's presence, no matter what wilderness season we're going through. In seasons where things just aren't going our way. Have you ever had that? Like, I don't even know what I'm chasing into, but man, this is like a season where like, this job isn't making sense. This thing's not coming through. This relationship's completely broken. This wilderness season where you're just like, man, I feel like it's a... I get too animated. This season where just everything feels like the, the wilderness. I also want to put it this way. There are times where I found myself in the wilderness because of my bad choices. My sin my selfishness, my stubbornness. And in those times, whether it's like, I don't know why I'm in the wilderness or Lord, I know exactly why I'm in the wilderness. What do we know true in those times? We need to be aware of God's presence and his promises. Here's the challenges with New Year's resolution. I wish that I could say it differently. But in 2023, each of us will face a wilderness in some area in our lives. And it's how we respond to that wilderness that's way more important than how many times we worked out last week. And we need to understand that there's power in the wilderness. When we're in the wildness, when we're in the wilderness, yes, it's tough, but it's also a time where God is shaping you. For what? To be more Christ-like. That's the goal. If there's a season of wilderness, he's preparing you for your individual mission and your individual calling. He, he's saying, I need to make you this because this is how the kingdom of God is going to advance through you. And let's not mess around with this because wilderness is hard, but it's also this. It's also powerful. And we see at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, it's marked by wilderness. And again, we see this, Mark 1, 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God out of the wilderness out of a time of testing and out of a time of, of resisting temptation, out of a time of preparation, Jesus come out and he proclaims, he preaches, he declares the good news of God. Out of wilderness, we are ready to preach the good news of God. When that season finally breaks, man, you are ready to explain and prepare and pro or proclaim the good news of God. Is revealing what God is doing through himself. Jesus is like, this good news is all about me, and there's power in the good news. He's declaring news. He's saying, this is a significant moment. This is history changing. And he declared the same thing when we share the good news. Now, I think we backed away from the good news because I don't think we believe that. I, I think in some ways we as believers have to remember that the declaration, the proclamation of the good news is this. Something significant happened in humanity. Jesus is a way to salvation. 
He's a way to transformation, and it's good. It's amazing. It's incredible. And if people are flocking from Jerusalem to this crazy guy wearing camel's hair, I guarantee it's still power in the good news today. Jesus is declaring this. And Jesus lays out the message of the gospel in a short statement, and he shares about the fulfillment and how we are to respond. Mark 1, 15 the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus makes two declarations and he makes two commands to summarize his message, okay? He shares the facts. He shares, what are you to believe? And then he shares the acts. How are we to, to, to respond? What are we to do with this information? And this declaration comes first. He says, the time has come. God's appointed time of preparation and expectation. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan since the beginning of the world. Jesus is it. The time has come. And the second declaration is this, that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom, this kingship, this royal rule is near. The sovereign authority of a ruler is in place. And all the benefits of God's kingdom is getting set into motion in this moment. The dynamic kingdom where God is ruling over his, over his creation. And then you see this. If that's true, if Jesus is the beginning of a new humanity, if it's time where all of humanity, if the news is so significant that the kingdom of God is near, we see this, the time for decision has come too. Jesus summons up with a double command. He says, repent and believe in the good news. These are two together. Repentance and faith are bound together. Believers in 2023, if we're going to live in faith, repentance is tied to it as well. It's really important for us to understand. To repent is to turn away from the object of trust. It's to say, I'm trusting in myself. This is where we stand is we're moving away and Jesus is saying, quit trusting in yourself and turn around and trust in God. There's significance in these two things. And I think Again, New Year's resolutions aren't bad, but New Year's resolutions are this. I'm trusting in myself. I'm trusting in the way I'm going to live. I'm trusting in this podcast that I listen to. I'm trusting in all the ways that the world tells me that I'm going to be better. And Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God, again, the things of the Spirit like we talked about before, when we talked about the welcome, not the things of the flesh, but the things of the Spirit are what bring life and what brings peace. And this just brings death. And we turn our backs and we look at transformation in the face. And the kingdom of God is here. But we only can receive it if we believe and we repent. Here's the other thing. We're all going to fall short and we're all going to hurt each other this year. Sorry. I'm the pastor and there's going to be things that I'm going to say. There's going to be things that I do that are not going to make sense to you all. There's going to be things that I say out of my humanness, out of my fleshiness that might 
hurt or offend or not be what the Lord has for us. And, and I, just like you, have to live a lifestyle in 2023 of repenting. Of, Lord, forgive me for that. Out of our flesh, forgive me for that. Out of my anger or my pain or my whatever, forgive me for that. And, and every day, I, myself, you need to say this. I'm trusting in myself. I'm trusting in the things of this word. And I have to say, I repent from it and I turn and I make my will align with your will, God. Not my will, just continue down this death route. We continually have to repent when apathy and passivity reign in your life, when insignificance reigns in your life, when people hurt us, when you hurt someone else, when anger and gossip and feelings of revenge creep into our lives, when lust and coveting what others have find their ways into our minds and to our hearts, when anxiety and worry and distrust begin to rule the way we live rather than the ways of God. I wish I had better news. All of this is going to come in 2023 for each of us. These, these things that pop up in us, and we are people who are marked with repentance. It changes everything. I don't care how many times you worked out. I don't care how many books you read. I don't care what you're eating. If you come through that door as people who are repentant, if you come through that door as people full of faith, if you come through those doors that say, God is shaping me like he's never shaped me before, this church in 2024 will be on fire. I don't care all the worldly things that we put on our list and we fulfill. If we don't turn our will and make it the Lord's will, it doesn't matter. And it's repenting every day. David said, search my heart. Anything unclean, Lord. Paul tells us over and over again, confess our sins to one another. It's good. It's good for the soul. It's good. The question for our church is, will we be willing to do it? Self-improvement is great, but it's really freedom that changes everything. And if we want the kingdom of God to set root in our hearts and our lives, we have to make sure that we're doing these things, that we're removing ourselves from the noise. Some of y'all need to get out into the wilderness. I'm trying to figure out how to get out in the wilderness a little bit more. This place where it's like, my phone doesn't work. My kids can't call my name. That's mostly me getting out in the wilderness. God calling you and saying, I'm going to meet you. And even if I don't hear from him, just opening myself to say, this is what it's all about turning from our sin and the muck of our lives and turning around, not putting our trust in ourselves or others because we know that that's always going to fail. If there's anything in my walk, my journey of faith or my journey of life, man, anytime that I put my trust in myself, I hurt somebody. I say things that I shouldn't say. I find myself in this rabbit hole of darkness. But every day when I say, Lord, I repent. Lord, reveal anything that you want to just cut out, anything that you need to just to, to shape me to be more Christ-like. That's when things start moving in my life. 
So here's my challenge for, for you. Uh, Jason, you can come on. Up. Oh, Jay's right there. Every church does like, a lot of churches do like 30-day fasts. It's totally good. I have no problem with that. I just know y'all ain't going to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to call it out. I'm going to be starving myself for 30 days while y'all are fasting in wildernesses. My, my goal in 2023 is this. I, I, we are going to be entering into spiritual disciplines. Let's start with 24 hours. Some of you, I want to say this. Some of you have things that you need the Lord to move in or there's things that the Lord needs to reveal in you. If that's you, I highly encourage you. You can come talk to me. Like, go on a longer fast. Like, there are seasons where it's like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do this for a week. I'm going to, like, I, 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 I literally need you to move in this area because I can't anymore. But for some of us, uh, the Lord needs to just reveal some stuff in, in you. So uh, I don't know who has them, but uh, let's pass out the communion. I need a communion too, by the way. Um, and uh, there's a sheet that I have. I also love guided, guided fast. I, you don't have to follow this. Uh, the Lord, thanks, brother. The Lord might um, have something for you, but here's the questions that I just thought of based off this, this thing. But what areas of your life have gotten too noisy that God may be pulling you back from? Thank you. What areas of your life have you been facing a wilderness and what may God be saying to you during this time? Where do you feel God's presence deeply in your life? What areas do you need to align your will with the Lord's will? I think the Lord will reveal some stuff for each of us. Uh, I'll be doing it myself. I'm excited about it. My wife's really, really excited about it. But I want, in 2023, we're going to be getting together Wednesday night for Kingdom Come Prayer. At night, we're going to be praying. But during that day for 24 hours, let's go without food. And the Lord is just going to empty us a little bit. And the wilderness will start to happen in our own, in our own hearts. And you're just going to say, Lord, speak to me. If these questions are good for you, great. If you have other things you need to figure out, that's great too. I just put some questions to, to guide us. But I, I think that he will he'll reveal something to us that will make us more Christ-like, and that's our hope and our desire. So 24 hours, I'll be doing it. If you want to go longer, let's go, ride or die. But... It's a time to empty ourselves. And I can't think of a better time than as we head into the new year. Again, I want to end this sermon by saying this. If you have New Year's resolutions, praise God, you got it. I myself have like three things I put into my life that like I gotta, I need to do some things to add, add structure into my life. I, I think there's value in that. But man, Lord also saying, you need to look more like Christ. So that's the goal. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For those that are in wilderness right now, Lord, I pray for a thankful heart for it. I, I know that's hard to say from stage. I know it's hard maybe for people to receive it. But Lord, I, I pray that you'd be molding and shaping them like they've never felt before. Lord, for people who've called out, and I know many people in this room for weeks or months or years for you to show up to speak life into this wilderness season I, I pray lord that you would that your holy spirit would be so active in that wilderness season 
For those of us that are waiting on the Lord, will you just remind us of your goodness? Heavenly Father, I also want to open up anybody that needs to just repent of stuff right now. Any way that we've aligned our will with ourselves, not aligned our will with you. Lord, anybody that doesn't yet believe, Lord, I know that you're knocking on their hearts, Lord, that they will receive. Lord, if that's anybody, I just pray that you would. I'm just going to ask, actually. I don't, I don't know in this room if there's anybody. But if that's you, just in your heart, just confess the name of Jesus, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus experienced all of humanity while being God, that he was tempted and yet without sin. And then on that cross, he died for you and for me and that the blood covers our sin, that if we just have faith, if we just believe, if we repent, if we turn our will away from ourselves to God, that we'd be free. And I just pray that you would confess that in your heart. Lord, this is all humanity changed when Jesus came. We can keep trusting ourselves, but we know the road that that goes. And Lord, I pray that just somebody here, that if they had that, Lord, that they would come find me, that they would confess their sins, that they would be free from everything, all the past hurts, all the past pains, all the past things that they did to other people would be gone, washed new in Jesus' name. We trust you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.